much for listening to Pod on the Dog. This is episode 31. Now, Natural Instinct is passionate about happy, healthy pets. They understand that a healthy diet plays a huge role in your pet's life, and they're solely dedicated to providing their customers and their furry friends with a balanced and complete raw diet of the very best quality. Oh yeah, Natural Instinct creates the most scrumptious, natural, complete, complimentary frozen meals and treats full of goodness and high value nutrients. Offering a no mess, no stress way of feeding a raw diet, the food is delivered straight to your door frozen. All you need to do is defrost, serve and watch your pet enjoy their meal times. Now use the code Verity15 for 15% off at checkout. I'm your host, Verity Hardcastle, and you can find me at Verity Hardcastle on Instagram to follow all the latest shenanigans in Dogdom. Now, for today's episode, I followed my guest on social for a long time. I know she's known for her doodle grooming and her beautiful finish, but I really don't know much about the lady behind the shears. So I'm using this opportunity and this recording to find out some tips from Mrs. Curly Coat herself and find out really what makes her tick, how she became a groomer, and also how she became known as the doodle queen. <laughs> it's Anna Stowell, aka Zoom Groom Anna. Hi! Hi, Verity. Hi. Did I say your surname right? Yes, you did. Okay, perfect. So let's dive straight in. Tell me about your journey. What was your path into grooming? Well, so I've been an animal lover my whole life, of course. And um, I started out wanting, thinking I wanted to be a vet for a very long time. Um, I had a lot of little businesses growing up. I had like a dog sitting business, dog walking business, um, I had several lemonade stands. I was kind of like a little natural born entrepreneur. (laughs) Yeah, you were a born hustler. (laughs) Yes. Um, But when I was nine years old, um, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And Mm -hmm. when I was 13, my family got hit pretty hard. We had a housing market crash here. Oh, And yeah, so my family was pretty underwater financially with all the medical bills. And then when the housing market crash happened, um, we ended up losing our house and filing bankruptcy. Wow. Um, Yeah, it was tough. And my mom was, she was a stay at home mom. She like Mm -hmm. took care of my three brothers and I, when I was growing up. Um, But with everything happening, she was going to have to go like find a job, a full-time job. And that was just going to be a huge adjustment for our family. So I started to come up with ideas that would, would enable my mom to be able to work from home. Um, so I suggested that we start pet grooming and my mom had been shown how to use like a clipper by a friend a long time ago. And she kind of groomed our dogs growing up, our family dogs. And so I was like, why don't we just offer to groom other people's dogs and they can pay us and we'll do it together and we can make money and, you know, we could do it from home. And, uh, so that's kind of how it all started. I'm here in... Here in Minnesota, you don't need any sort of, um, like, there's no regulations to be. Yeah, same in the UK, there's no regulations. Yeah, so anyone can just pick up a scissor and become a dog groomer. So that's Mm -hmm. that's what I did. (laughs) Um, I created an ad, and I've used, like, pictures off of Google, like, AKC poodles and, like, full show trims. And I wasn't fooling anybody, but... uh, that's kind of how I, how I started out and we started getting calls and we were grooming out of the basement of a rental home. And you and your mom together. Yes. Yep. Um, 
And I mean, I was working with very little. I had a clipper with a 10 blade. That's, that's all I had. And, um, I had human hair dryers and I had scissors from our local pet supply store that had like plastic handles and, wow. uh, and I'm left-handed. And for the first several years of learning how to groom, I was using right-handed scissors. Um, and I used to like look at pictures on the internet of like well-groomed dogs and I just ooh and awe over them and just dream of what I'm able to groom like that. Mm. Um, I also grew rescue dogs when I started out. We donated like, a lot of um, a lot of grooms to rescues just so I could gain experience. Mm. Um, eventually, I met some groomers that put me in contact with a local sharpener and some other re- some other resources, and I was able to get like better tools and equipment and some like educational DVDs. And once I had the tools that I needed, I just had to like work on my skills, which was not an easy process. Um, a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but now 12 years later, we have, and, uh, our salon is like in an upscale retail location and we have nine full-time groomers and the wow, business has been, nice. yeah. Yeah. So uh, we have nine full-time nine full-time groomers in the business has been supporting my family for the last eight years. So. I mean, that's a real story of resilience and, you know, coming out up on, you know, out on top, I suppose, after all that hardship in the beginning. And what about your mom's health? Is she okay? Yeah. Yep. She's been clear, um, for, she is like 16 years or so. Um, So, so yeah, and she's actually currently working on getting genetic tested to find out if like me and my brothers are at risk at all. So that's, that'll be nice. Um, yeah, yeah, everyone's been healthy. So who was your first dog? Tell me where this love affair started. (laughs) So my first dog was, his name was Copper. He was a cockapoo. Oh, Um, really? Yeah. One of the first perhaps. (laughs) Probably why I'm so in love with poodle mixes (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but yeah he was my little buddy I spent most of my childhood like playing with him and training him and I actually spent a lot of time grooming him my best friend and I would she'd come over on Sundays and we would throw on our swimsuits and hop in the tub with our dog with coffee and we'd give him baths so I guess I was a groomer before I even knew what grooming was yeah I think you were (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And and much like myself, I think I definitely wanted to be a vet. I just wanted to work with animals in yeah. any capacity. I used to work in kennels, do anything at all when I was young to just to be around them, basically. You yeah. know, and the fact that you might go, you might have gone paid, got a wage from it, then that was just a bonus, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So why doodles? Was it copper that that started this love of doodles? Because Obviously, you're the dude lady now. So yeah. was it an accident that this happened? Well, I mean, doodles are one of the most popular breeds here. And they, they have been for several years now. And so um, inevitably, I started getting a bunch of doodle clients. And I don't know, I just, mm. I really fell in love with, like, their personalities and the variety between, like, each dog. Like, they all have different 
hair textures and colors and structure. And like every time I groom on, it was kind of like a new challenge and I really like a challenge. So <laughs> plus there. Yeah. And the, I suppose the hair, the haircuts are so versatile as well, aren't they? I mean, they did, there's no breed standard for them per se. So right. Right. Like yeah. And creative juices flow. <laughs> yeah. And plus they're so stinking cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, doodles in the UK are also really popular, but cockapoos, I would say, are more popular. Yeah, well, I think here golden doodles are super popular, but yeah, cockapoos, I think, used to be like back in, you know, like 2008 or so, I think they were super popular, but then they came up with the golden doodle and that's just taken over everything here. I absolutely love a golden doodle though. And maybe it stems back to my love of the golden retriever because I just think they're one of the best dogs in the whole wide world. (laughs) Yeah, you get, you really get the best of both worlds. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Now you create such a lovely finish on your grooms. So tell us all, we want to know all the dirt. What are your top tips, obviously, for creating this beautiful flawless finish? on that curly combination coat that you get on a doodle yeah well I will first say that you definitely need to have a good but not not even good you need a great great prep work that's gonna be your foundation for every haircut um also just investing in really good combs I have like I have one comb that's 150 dollars yeah and also investing in like good scissors and continuing your education but yeah prep work is really key so when you're bathing them two shampoos yeah I generally do two shampoos um and then I also do conditioner Mm -hmm. and do you condition everywhere or just um the longer areas like the legs and the head and the tail I actually condition everywhere Mm-hmm. yeah 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 no condition is great I think people think yes it will slow up your drying time slightly but it's much better for the coat and also when they come in next time their coat's going to be in better condition and uh, and obviously much better for their skin and, and everything all around yeah because like when you shampoo you kind of strip all their coat of its natural oils and so when you do a little conditioner to like replace those oils it really makes the coat a lot healthier yeah, definitely, definitely. I um I pretty much condition all my poodle mixes. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's maybe for a competition. If I'm using one for a competition, then I want it to be as crispy as possible. So Yeah. <laughs> now sure. um, when you're drying, do you use a high velocity dryer to dry them all the way through, or do you just use a finishing dryer? How how do you dry them? So yeah, I have a high velocity dryer and, um, the way that my salon works is each groomer works on their dog straight through. Um, so we don't have any like kennels or like cage dryers. Um, Mm -hmm. so we just, we dry them straight through from, from the start and yeah, just really making sure that they're getting thoroughly dry. Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes like if the room is too humid, it's really hard to dry them thoroughly or like some, sometimes people will like just try and cut corners on the drying but that like you really need the dog to be like dry a hundred percent bone dry yeah yeah when you think they're dry dry them more (laughs) 
definitely now sometimes as well I'll you know once after I've used my heat I'll use my cool just to set in and just go through with the cool air with my slicker brush just to help to set that straight hair in to the coat yeah um, definitely. I, f- I find that that works quite well sometimes as well so if you yeah. dry them using like a fine slicker brush and then you just use your comb for do you use a comb on the face for drying at all um I actually don't use any like brushes or cones while I'm drying Mm-hmm. Um, I just dry them straight through and then I bring them out to my table and I use a detangler spray and then brush them and comb them out. Now, we know that it's easier to get that really good finish on them, but how do you adjust your grooming for those doodles that have got that really wavy drop coat? You know, Do you know which one I mean? Yes, I do. <laughs> those <laughs> ones are definitely challenging. Um, I tend to use like a wider tooth comb on those coats um just to help like pick it up a little bit better and I find that a lot of times with those types of coats Mm -hmm. like less is more with them like I don't get as particular with the with like the the scissoring like sometimes just letting that coat kind of lay as natural as possible and just kind of work let that coat kind of be the way that it is is really best yeah no I totally get that definitely they they tend to suit that more natural look don't they yeah they really do and if you get too if you get too particular about it sometimes it ends up actually being being worse than if you were to just you know I like using just like a nice wide tooth comb and just kind of letting that natural look really take over yeah I I um I agree with those with the dogs like that they lose that look that character they have that sort of I don't like to say shaggy look but they always have that like sort of shaggy look about them don't they and if you put too fine a sort of trim on them then they lose that character yep I agree so would you use instead of using like your straight shear would you then go to like a blender for this type of coat would you use like a completely different tool set obviously you said you use a different type of comb do you use a different you know method with with trimming them as well do you use like a thinner or something like that instead yeah I would say that coat definitely I would I would bring out my chunker and thinner a lot more mm-hmm. than um even with my curly coats I pretty much just use like straight shears or curved shears but um but yeah with the the natural coat definitely or with the wavy coat definitely a wide tooth comb and a good chunker and thinner is going to be your best friend yeah, definitely. I suppose you can take the bulk off with your chunker, can't you? And then just finesse it with your thinner. Yep, exactly. Fabulous. Now, obviously, we're all continuously developing ourselves in this career, aren't we? I mean, you never stop learning. So what areas are you focusing on at the moment? Yeah, so um, this next year, I well, I kind of started this year. Um, I have a standard poodle that I, I have in a modified continental clip. And... I'm working with a local groomer here that was on Groom Team USA, and she's kind of helping me figure out the the structure and the lines for for the poodles. Um, and I'm actually planning on competing with him next year. So I've been kind of taking a a hard dive into like poodle trims. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing more of that this coming year. And I've been really focusing on being like an educator and helping other groomers um, and being a good business owner and manager. How have you found 
it when you're trimming your poodle not to doodle your poodle (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean we're always asked not to poodle our doodles is that right yeah poodle our doodles (laughs) what about the other way around I don't get um I don't get many doodle clients who ask for for poodle cuts um and this poodle's definitely never gonna get a doodle cut (laughs) he's a he's a fancy poodle yeah yeah so he he needs a fancy haircut I mean oh yeah I'm I I own poodles poodles are sort of my thing uh I absolutely love trimming poodles but I mean again you never stop learning do you it's yeah. it's a really I think it's one of the probably a, a dare I say one of the hardest grooms to perfect is a poodle yeah I'm actually like really enjoying the challenge of it I'm like learning about it and it's kind of I, I see it starting to become one of my new passions so yeah maybe you'll be Zoom groom Alana the poodle and doodle queen <laughs> yeah I mean that would be that would be a dream come true one day (laughs) so have you competed before or will this be your debut into the competition ring this will be my debut I I have not I mean there was one like little local uh competition here in Minnesota but yeah this will be my first like actual grooming competition so awesome that's exciting and you work closely with House of Wolves don't you yeah yep yeah, he and I are good friends and we're and good. I think, yeah, he just competed recently, didn't he? With his poodle. I think that was his first grooming competition as well. Yeah, yep, it was. So you guys can... Oh, actually, you guys might be in competition together. How does that feel? <laughs> oh, we are going to be competing together in All-American. Um, but I think it's going to be super exciting. And honestly, like having friends up there next to you while you're competing like I can't think of a better feeling yeah definitely so you're not going to be secretly sabotaging his standard poodle are you no not at all if if I if I lose against Kenny that's still a win in my book oh that's nice yeah good sportswoman (laughs) (laughs) if someone was wanting to improve their work what do you recommend they do for self-improvement I mean is there anything that sort of stood out that's really helped you to improve your work definitely like definitely continuing your education um those groomers that like are really well known and just you know if they have put on a webinar or a seminar like definitely take that opportunity to learn from them and um also just being patient with yourself because everybody's on their own on their own journey and in their own place mm-hmm. um so just remembering to be patient with yourself and don't be afraid to like push yourself out of your comfort zone. Uh, I know a lot of times when I was learning, I would get haircuts that would really scare me. Um, but those are the ones that really built me to be a better groomer. Yeah, definitely. I think that, um, yeah, even when I was starting out, somebody had come with like a celium terrier or something and I've never groomed a celium terrier before. And then I'll be frantically looking through my notes from the grooming table and researching, like studying pictures online. And, you know, I suppose you've, you've always got to start somewhere. But I do think it's hard in this day and age with Instagram to compare yourself to other people a lot because we see these wonderful grooms and everything. And I think that obviously we only post the very best of ourselves, don't we? You know, right. 
I've got a dog coming tomorrow who is, he's a 15-year-old Lassa Apso. And, oh, this haircut I create on him. I mean, you guys would be shocked. (laughs) But it's, you know, it's one of those, it's a necessary groom. I just groom him real fast, make him really comfortable. And uh, and it's not necessarily something that I would post, but why? Because that's the reality of what we do, isn't it? Right. Yeah, it's, I think the social media, like Instagram is really hard, especially for groomers starting out, you know, they're seeing a lot of people who have, you know, maybe been doing this longer, or, mm. you know, have different types of clientele and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, it, I think it is important for like a lot of groomers to share, you know, some of those grooms that aren't so yeah. perfect too. Okay. I'll post it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he's he's also blind bless him and he's lost one one is one of his he's completely blind but one of his eyes has gone so but oh what a pop it but I'll take a picture <laughs> there you go yeah I think it's also important to like network within the industry because like you know there's a lot of groomers who you know want to help other groomers and there's a lot of there's just a lot of resources out there that you know if you if you can just like reach out to some different people you can really open a lot of doors I think that's one of the beautiful things about social media is that the fact that we're, I mean, I would have never normally have spoken to you, but through the wonder that is social media, you know, I know, I know your page and your work and obviously, and here we are chatting. And I do think that it's, you know, that's amazing, isn't it? And also having all these friends. I mean, the groomers are wonderful people. We're kind, compassionate people. So. Yeah, it it really is amazing. I get, Sometimes I get chills when I think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what makes you happy? Like when you're not grooming, tell me a little insight into what, you know, what makes you really smile other than obviously you're grooming. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I have horses. um, And so I, I love spending time with them, like going on Mm. trail rides and training and stuff. Um, I also, my husband and I are big, uh, motorheads so we have we have a, a lot of cars that we work on and drive that oh I, fab. yeah and I, I actually drag race with him so that's super fun um and then I don't know just spending time with my family and friends yeah so the horses I suppose as well when you know the grooming salon can be quite busy and hectic especially like you say if you've got nine nine people there grooming with you that must be Anna 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 all day long (laughs) yeah so it must be quite cathartic to go and spend that time with the horses and have that sense of quiet yeah just spending time outside with nature and just peaceful yeah definitely and with the cars tell me because my brother is a massive petrol head I grew up with my mum constantly moaning about oil on her driveway because my brother and all his friends would be back to back parked down my mum's drive, tinkering away, you know, revving their cars, talking about putting them on the diagnostics, talking about what the, what was under the bonnet or what they were doing to them. So this is funny. This is, yeah, this is part of me growing up. I feel like I know too much about cars because also my dad's really into cars as well. So I just had this car chat. So is it, what type of cars do you have? Um, So I personally have um, a 1987 Chevy S10. It's like a little mini truck and it has a newer motor. It's called an LS motor from like the 
newer Silverado, big, like these bigger trucks. That's cool. <laughs> and it has a big turbocharger on it. And wow. it has a, it has about 1100 wheel horsepower. So it makes some noise as well. Oh yeah. And it goes very, <laughs> very fast. I think it did 5.8 seconds in the eighth mile. Wow. That's amazing. My brother's really into his Japanese cars. So Honda, obviously Nissan, Skyline, all that sort of, he loves those older Japanese cars. He also has uh, two Corvettes. Um, he had a, an old 1960s Mustang. It gets a lot imported from America with his friend and he exports to America um, vintage Defenders, Land Rover Defenders. So they they have this sort of classic car trade. Well, you know, just for pleasure, not for, not really a business. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's super awesome. Yeah, I have a, <laughs> I have a little Honda Civic, but I haven't done too much with it yet. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I think my brother's was a Honda Civic uh, LSR. It must have been like 19 LSI. That's it, LSI. 1997, I think it was. And yeah, he was known in my town with this car because it has like two of the biggest exhausts out the back of it, you know, slammed down to the ground. It was literally like riding around in a wheelie bin because it was completely <laughs> stripped apart from two racing seats. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. So my last question, what is your proudest moments? What are your standout sort of proudest moments for you? Well, moving into my first like retail location, like getting out of the basement of our rental home, um, that yeah, was def- sure. that's definitely up there. <laughs> yeah. um, also becoming a wall ambassador. Um, yeah. That was a really big moment for me. Um and then just being able to make a positive impact on the industry that's made such a positive impact on me. It's mm. just, it's really something special. Yeah, definitely. And you have such successful webinars as well. Yeah, yeah. They have been, they've been really big and um, I've gotten a lot of really positive feedback and I, I've seen like a lot of the people who attend the webinars, like I've seen their grooms improve yeah. and it's 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 really awesome yeah so you do you actually do in-person training as well don't you like seminars not just the online ones right yeah yep so I have um I've had a few different salons like fly me out to to work with them at their salon and like with their employees um I've done that a few times I have people fly to me and they'll work with me at my salon and then I also do like uh seminars at my salon where I'll I'll just set up a day of dogs and people mm. fly in from different areas that's amazing um, yeah and then and then the webinars too so how cool as well that we've got a job where we can actually like you're saying earlier we can meet all these people and also travel your country yeah definitely yeah that's really cool now that we're at the end of episode 31, I'm going to finish off by asking Anna my quick fire questions. So I want really quick, honest answers and no bull from you. Okay, are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. So your dog food of choice? A signature. Your favourite place to walk? <laughs> I would say the North Shore. Mm-hmm. The number, the North Shore is like, like to a lake or something. Sorry, I don't know. No, that's okay. The North Shore is like 
it's this it's all these hiking trails up uh, like in northern Minnesota it's just like oh, a wow. a whole bunch of them all along Superior awesome number of dogs under your roof two if you were a dog what breed of dog would you be probably an Australian Shepherd because I'm smart but also have a lot of anxiety <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> Your favorite holiday destination? Um, so far, Florida. Oh yeah. Do you do the parks? I- I'm going there in January to do both of the parks. Yay! It's the best thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your favorite breed of dog? Doodles. Mm -hmm, Of course. I mean, I think you might get some complaints if you said something else. (laughs) And your worst nightmare dog breed to own. I'll just enter a caveat in there and just say, obviously, we adore all dogs, all shapes and sizes, but which one could you not live with? Which one is just not for you? I could not live with the Samoyed. The hair? Yeah, but, you know, they have the energy and the vocalness of a husky but they have way more hair I just couldn't I couldn't do it I know right this is where I think because obviously I've got four poodles at home I just think why didn't I just get a straightforward short head Jack Russell (laughs) so much easier yeah so that's a wrap thank you so much for joining me and Anna Stowell we would be absolutely delighted if you gave us both a follow on Instagram Anna can be found at zoomgroom underscore Anna And check out her webinars as well, which are always awesome. Thank you to everybody for listening. And please don't forget to rate and subscribe to Pod on the Dog. And if you would write a review also, it would be fabulous as it really helps other people find it. A big thank you to Natural Instinct for sponsoring Pod on the Dog. I love their fuss-free way of feeding a completely natural diet. Their food is frozen for freshness and really convenient. So head over to their website and apply that code VERITY15 and try Natural Instinct today. That's a bye from us. Bye.